Let's do it. <clears throat> okay, you guys ready? Let's rock and roll. Okay. Hi everybody, I'm Chris Maslow. Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, was I forget. Say, I forget who does it. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to ExoSquad Goals, the ExoSquadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harnady. And I'm Chris Farentino. And boy oh boy, are you in luck. We are at the start of Season 2 of ExoSquad. Only 38 episodes to go after this one, so if you're counting, there it's gonna it is. Be a, it's going to be a long war. Oh yeah. No, we have like, I think, yeah, on the plus side of, you know, more than half a year of this left. So get comfortable, guys. Did you know, and this is true, nobody knows how the war between the Neo-Sapiens and the humans started? <laughs> I've heard legends. <laughs> no, nobody knows. <laughs> if Andrew Jackson was here, he'd, he'd figure it out, but no one really knows. My father was the, was the, the space greatest samurai. Greatest <laughs> he was the Shogun's decapitator. <laughs> He was he was Phaeton's decapitator. His name was Typhonus. Um, well, guys, you know where we just made it through season one. Uh, you know, good stuff there as usual. I mean, that's like for my money, some of the, like one of the tightest seasons of any episode or seasons of any show that I've ever seen. You know, it's just like everything pays off. Everything is just everything has purpose. There's no wasted movement. Um, so before we get into the actual season two, which is this is episode one, the gathering, uh, I just want to point out the uh, this episode is written by Michael Edens, who's we we've spoken about before in season one, who's just always ha- has a hand in this show. Uh, but his co-writer for this episode is Steve, S- Stephen Stephen. <laughs> let's say Stephen Sisteric Sistarzik. There we go. Now he's worked on a bunch of interesting stuff. Um, around this time, he was working on like Mighty Max, Bonkers, Goof Troop. Like a lot of these guys, they seem to have, you know, he wrote some Tailspin uh, and Alf, five episodes. But take a guess what this guy created down the line. Any ideas? What he created based on his, the, the yeah. shows you gave us? Yeah, working on like Mighty Max, uh, Bonkers, Exo Squad, uh, Goof Troop. I mean, he worked on it. No, he created the wild thornberries along with a few other guys. Yo, that rules. So, that's awesome. That's a pretty crazy thing, huh? Yeah. Never would have, I never would have done that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that show is dope, though. Uh, uh, Flea's in that show. He plays like the wild boy. No shit, really? Yeah, yeah. The voice of the voice of uh, the voice of the wild boy in wild thornberries is Flea from Red Chili Peppers. That's like, that's actually kind of amazing. Isn't that rad? Not not flee from the Obama administration. No 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 not uh <laughs> yeah not uh, not Secretary Flea of the. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah so you know if there you could take this uh, episode as a direct uh you know ancestor of the wild thornberries f- for what that is but yeah man like I don't know like a lot of I've been noticing this with a lot of these guys they have a hand in so much of that classic cart you know early 90s cartoon i guess uh canon where you know guys will work on disney afternoon stuff they'll jump over to a universal property i guess they're all same i think boat. Th- i think that's literally because universal and and uh disney and warner brothers are all right next to each other 
Yeah, right. It's in like Burbank. <laughs> yeah, you you finish the script in one place, you walk across the street, and then just uh, you know, hey guys, got twenty minutes. Oh, can you do a uh, a nine to five? You actually wrote an episode of New Heart, which is nuts. Huh. Yeah. So the gritty, uh, the gritty Bob Newhart reboot they did. <laughs> He's a hard boiled gumshoe. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that show, dude. It would be amazing. <laughs> It's on a space um, station. It's like Deep Space Nine, but it's new art. Yeah, just like just... wringing his hands and like slyly <laughs> commenting on things. That would be so awesome. <laughs> it's bas- it's basically like the villain in uh, Tango and Cash, where he's just like Tango and Cash. See that needs that needs a podcast. The Tango and Cash cast. I would. Where you just watch Tango and Cash every week? I'm so in. We I mean, do, yeah, I... we do a different one every a different podcast about the same movie every week. Just give it the same. Yeah, there's uh there's one that does that with Sex and the City too, which I'm a big fan oh, of. Yeah, the so. worst idea ever, right? Yeah, that podcast is great. Yeah. Um, they, so they and the McElroys, who do like uh My Brother, My Brother and Me and Adventure Zone, they do a yearly one called the called Till Death Do Us Blart, which is about those guys they all get together and they watch paul blart mall, mall cop 2 oh. every thanksgiving until basically someone dies um, that's amazing so, but yeah freaking a i look i own tango and cash on blu-ray and i am proud of it so if you ever want to do that guys i'm just saying yeah anyone anyone who listens to or is on this podcast who doesn't like tango and cash can fuck right off (laughs) we should but we should do it live we should all get together and then watch it and then cast as it's going on like 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 we should do commentaries for movies we didn't make (laughs) yo uh mst3k just came back so that that shit is hot again right now that's true yeah dude oh man but anyway the uh Getting back to the the EXO part of the EXO cast, uh, <laughs> the EXO zone. Yeah, it just just in case this is your first time, we actually do talk about EXO Squad, um, the early '90s cartoon show, which is amazing. Um, so, first episode, second season. What struck you about this, guys? I know right off the bat, we have a new intro where it's basically laying out who the main players are. With the cool they, they, yeah, they, they do the the, the TV, standard TV character intro as if those are their their real people and those are their names, not <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> like JT Marsh, played by JT Marsh. Yeah, there's a great part where it's like you know it's all the guys and there's some characters we haven't met yet, um, but it it Winfield's like one of the last guys and I just wanted to really be like you know and guest starring Admiral Winfield, <laughs> Marsala as himself. Yeah. Special appearance by Simbaka. We get a good, we get a good, uh, re- we get a good reintroduction to all the characters too. If you have just started watching on season two, uh, Nara tells ev- now Mara goes through exactly who everyone is. Like it's been two years since the Neo Sapiens started this war with their attack on Earth and Venus, but no matter how this war ends, I'll always remember the friends I've made in my squad. Rita Torres, the toughest sergeant in the Exo Fleet. Alec de Leon is the squad's intelligence officer. He's a perfectionist, Kaz Takagi. He's a joker and a show-off, Wolf Bronski. He's a slob with a titanium steel stomach. But there's nobody better to have at your side in a fight. Maggie Weston seems just as at home with cryo-electron circuitry as she does with people. And then there's Marsala. He's so gentle and kind, 
Fighting against his fellow Neo-Sapiens must be painful for him, but he never lets it show. Our squad leader is Lieutenant J.T. Marsh. Yeah, including characteristics and, you know, little blurbs about each one. Right. It was it's like it's like when you when you got the toys and they have would have like the dossier card in the back with like what they were like. It's like she's reading those out loud to you. Like <laughs> a lot of table setting. Yeah, no, really. And I mean, it's it's good because it kind of gives a uh, and I couldn't help but think this must have been part of like if they were going to syndication or something like that. But it really, you know, they I mean, they say things like, you know, Wolf Bronski, he's a slob, but no one's better in a fight. Takagi, he's a great pilot, but just a kid, you know, and it gets really steamy when they talk, talk about Marsala, right? Yeah, he gets pretty, he gets pretty, uh, he gets pretty hot. She's like, Marsala, like, he's so driven by, like, he's, uh, must be hell on him to, uh, to, uh, fight his fellow Neosapiens, but he doesn't let it show, ever. He's so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty sweet stuff. We should mention there are uh, two new characters who show up in the introduction who do not show up in the episode. Yeah. Avery yeah. Butler and Colleen O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. Colleen are... O'Reilly from <laughs> Ireland. From, from the exo part of Ireland. Hello. Yeah, from, from County Cork, Ireland. <laughs> I'm a jump troop. Now, do you Where, think it like... Where's Phaeton? <laughs> Phaeton. Phaeton. I believe it's pronounced Phaeton. <laughs> Phaeton. The Phaeton. Uh, now, do you think it was tough on her family when she left and joined the Exo Fleet? Like, do you think she was selling out the rest of her Irish brethren, or how do you think they took that? But that's a bad IRA joke. Like, thirty years too late. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's from the northern Exo part. Um, I'm, I'm mad now at that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, we don't we don't meet them. We do. Uh, jump around a lot in this episode though we go yeah, we see a lot of different people doing a lot of different stuff uh bronski drunk driving Yo, can we, yeah what, yeah he's got like what is okay for i get his frame blew up everyone's got a replacement except for him and he's driving like the uh what do you call that the uh the makeup ladies when they uh the pink cadillac ladies uh but he's got a bright pink oh the uh, from greece <laughs> the pink ladies <laughs> what are you trying to do no 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 there's, there's are you trying to say something about women no 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 there's there's that makeup company oh girls revlon it's not revlon. oh no like avon like the avon lady that, i think i'm gonna god damn it the, mary uh, Kay. mary Kay. there it is yeah yeah he's got the mary Kay marsala frame well he needs the two seats because he has to pick up that outrageously australian guy uh <laughs> tyree <laughs> Tyree's the man. He's like he manages to get in like every Australian stereotype in like the two minutes he's in the frame. It's like crocky mate. Another shit. Another where's cooked his shrimp on the bobby? Like all in a row. Like no, seriously, dude. And like I do love, like you said, he he's he's like literally walking across like the hangar deck, and he knocks over a box full of missiles. <laughs> like. How is this man allowed to fly and drive? Come on, people, get that equipment secured. Bronski, you're holding us up. Get a move on. Break it, Bronski. Get on it. My paycheck. Good luck. The best part, it's not even played as like a they could explode. Like it's not played for tension. It's just like Bronski. Oh, well. 
now and that's something i want to kind of talk about real quick like in this episode there are a lot more goof ups might be a way to say it like you know uh tyree yeah you know you had a couple of drinks a goof up a little more the, humor uh, you mean a little more comedy yeah but like because like the first season is so tense like almost all the time except for these like little character moments and here like tyree is shit talking the exo fleet once jumping ahead a little bit once they get him actually back to the base um or the ship and marsala walks over and dumps a plate of food on his head he's like oops i'm all thumbs mr tyree is our guest and must be treated with courtesy that winfield's a joke he's the one who's responsible for this mess he ought to be (laughs) i am terribly sorry i seem to be all thumbs (laughs) <laughs> that's what I call courtesy. That, I feel like that's a moment we wouldn't necessarily like have in the first season. You know, like it seems as though they're giving it a little more. Sounds like that Thornberry's guy, like you said. <laughs> yeah, you've got, he... you've got me convinced. I don't think that's that's not coming from Edens. Yeah, yeah, he's got his monocle and weird, crazy mustache. That was that show, yeah, right? It, it didn't throw me off. Uh, but oh, yeah, no, no. there's a little more humor in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's like they're a little more comfortable in their skin with uh, things going forward, and it's um, they have the room to make those jokes now that the characters are kind of like set up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and, and the show is the show is going to be a lot longer, so there's just like more room to breathe generally. Like, yeah, no, definitely. Bronsky does say one of my favorite uh, sci-fi trope cliches, which is what he calls the E-frame this crate. Yes. He's like, I gotta push this crate. Like, I love just, I love that it's the future. We've got awesome spaceships, and no one's happy. Like, they're all <laughs> this chunk of junk will never fly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's got more art, like arms than your other frame did, and actual like legs. You know, also wheels. Go figure. Be happy, Bronski. Just take it for what it is. You don't need to drink all the time. Yeah, I would like to see him succeed. <laughs> Yeah, just, right. Just he kind of gets through things, but I'd like to see him just uh, mow down a bunch of. <laughs> it's a horrible thought. <laughs> just, like, just, just, just do like a bunch of really great murder, <laughs> and everyone's like, "And that's why you're here." And they all high five and freeze frames, and there's just a bunch of dead bodies, and that's. <laughs> They're 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 like, Bronski. We took all these prisoners. You're like, no worry, Serge. I got it. What do you do around here, Bronski? Let me show you. <laughs> He's the sergeant from uh, <laughs> from a band of brothers who like kills those prisoners yeah. in the like the first episode, and it's like, good job, Bronski. Get out the card and his cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's like one of my favorite tropes in any kind of like military or like or like action film, which is like the guy who's so good five percent of the time that it doesn't matter that he's utterly useless the other ninety five percent of the time. Like <laughs> like when you need like when you really need him, he is so clutch. But the rest of the time, he's like cannot function. Like is is utterly useless. He feels like he should be the guy complaining. But he's he's the one kind of falling over. Right. Yeah. Uh, although he does also complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly like, about food. Yeah. He, yeah. He's constantly. Yeah. Uh, but he gets Tyree there. Like he gets the job done. Sure. He succeeds. Yeah. Like I like I like the guy who's so good that, that they tolerate his complaining. You know, that trope. But Bronski's yeah. like <laughs> they tolerate his 
like drinking and stumbling around because he's that good. Do you yeah. think that's like when he's actually he sobers up for like maybe 30 seconds of fight and that's when he's actually functional and kills everything. But it's all the other times when he's like pissed drunk that he can't do stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, I, also, I also just wanted to throw out there in our because we were talking about Bronski. I was thinking Takagi in our reintroduction to everyone. You know, like guys are playing baseball and all that. What is Delion doing? He's practicing doing, doing some moves. Check those moves, Bronski. He's doing the same sweet moves, but in an E-frame this time. He's and getting better. Yeah. Yeah, that's clutch, man. Um, just as a general thing, they go. There's a big summit that they're gonna have. They go to pick up all these rebel leaders. Every time they grab someone, shit gets worse and worse and worse. Eventually, they get back. Typhonus, you know, ambushes them. They turn on the graph shield. It scares away the Neo Sapiens. Yeah, Algernon's building a graph shield on their base in Io. Yeah, but he's building it out of like those tin pans that you get for Thanksgiving, the ones that, you know, wrestling wrestlers used to hit each other with. Yeah, it's like the as seen on TV catalog that he <laughs> ordered. Yeah. So the thing blows up like immediately after, but the Neo Sapiens are scared of it. A graph shield. All craft retreat. Retreat. The Neos are running. For now. But they will be back. I told him it needed more tests. Can the shield be repaired? Perhaps with time. But the question seems academic. If the Neo-Sapiens attack again, we have no defense. As long as the Neo-Sapiens think we have the shield, we have some time. You have your work cut out for you, Professor. I suggest you get to it. So it's like, okay, we're at a stalemate. Um... Meanwhile, Marsh and uh, Deleon. Deleon, or someone calls him Deleon, I think. Yeah, Deleon. I think I think Nara's introduction. She calls him Deleon. Do you think? She, do you think she thinks his name is Leon, and that everyone just calls him the <laughs> the Leon? I don't think anyone really knows anyone else's name. Yeah. that's what. That's I think that's the biggest lie. Is that that's why they're so the the only people who get addressed by name are marsh and and bronsky like everyone else is like not referred to by their names yeah. <laughs> hey green guy blue guy get in the frame <laughs> so yeah so what um oh but but they're so they're going off to meet the pirates and then uh like the neo sapien scout ship shows up yeah that they that they they leave their long range ship get in their frames jump out that gets destroyed. They win. That scene does rule. That scene is dope. It the, is pretty the, sick. The pirates uncloak like a bunch of jackasses who were there the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then they get Marsh and uh, Blondie get picked up by yeah. the, the, the Leon. Leon. The, kings okay. of, the kings of De Leon get picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been flying around. I've been looking down. Yeah. Been... Uh, I wouldn't celebrate just yet. This is Captain Trevail of the Pirate Clans. Surrender or be destroyed. Deleon King get picked up by uh, by Jubail, who's like the latest and greatest pirate with a mustache. Is and he, and he, he's, he, he's secretly working for Phaeton? Is it him or is it his like totally shifty guy who works under him who looks oh, just it's, like it's him? It's the totally shifty guy who looks just like him. Yeah, but they all talk like this. You and know. they all kind of look vaguely Central American. Yeah. yeah. It's, it makes me wonder about sort of the, uh, not the edit, let's say etymology, because why not, of the pirate clans. Like, what's their deal? Like, how'd they get there? Where are they from? 
Why are they all look kind of the there, same? Th- there is a line that they've been fighting for generations which I thought was interesting. Yeah, no. I believe later on they do give an explanation for not for for why they have outrageously uh, Latin American accents, but like how they got there <laughs> and like why they're and why they're out there. Um, yeah, they definitely go. They definitely go into it. But yeah, they've 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 like the pirate clans have been at war in the solar system. Yeah, for like generations, which is pretty wild. They yeah. were descended from Antonio Banderas's rendition of uh, Zorro. Yeah. <laughs> after after California was annexed, they took to the stars. Exactly. <laughs> when they... we have this, we have this one movie. It's called Zorro. Starring do, Antonio Banderas. Do you ever see, uh, notice Antonio Banderas' like, special move that he does in like, every movie? Do you know what I mean? Like, There's a part in every Antonio Banderas movie where he goes, ha ha ha, and grabs the guy's head and kisses him. You know? And then, he like, does do that. He does that a lot, dude. I watched that, uh, was it the 33, the minor movie? Oh yeah. Dude, that happens like 40 fucking times. There are only like 33 minors. He does it seven times to just people. It's crazy. But... Yeah, no, that's I call that bendarising. Um, I'm glad you have a term for it. That's really great. I've been thinking about it a lot. So yeah, yeah, I don't know quite yet where they're from, but there's definitely a thing going on there. Do you think it's like a like a Genghis Khan thing, where like Jonas Sambaka has just every time they would conquer something, he'd take on another wife, so he's just like populated, you know, sort of infected the genetic pool with enough Simbaka that everyone's a little Simbaka. I think they raided a Halloween store and then needed to get people to fit their costumes. Um, <laughs> no, but wasn't, isn't the guy's name like Rimbaka or something? So that's like, the key, the guy mentions his name and it sounded like a Simbaka derivation. I almost thought it was his son. So that, that's an interesting theory. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like that. Uh, you know, we're making up our own, uh, our own background. I dig it. Yeah. Fanfic. Yeah, exactly. Slash fic. <laughs> And then they shave Sambaka's beard. Um, can I just <laughs> don't, don't sexualize beard shaving, please, for me? Um, it's gonna happen. Can I just say too that when uh, Bronski is being chased, to just jump back to our boy Wolf, um, he says one of my favorite lines in the whole show, which he says he's being chased by a six pack of Y wings. And I just thought that's the most ironic thing that could happen to Bronski. Yeah, is a six pack chasing him. <laughs> Bogey's at six o'clock! Mayday! Mayday! I got a six-pack of nails on my tail! <laughs> this is such a this is such this is, this is such a dark image. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just gonna stop and see if they're full of beer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he does land and he's on fire and he gets like, you know, sprayed with fire extinguisher foam, which is kinda cool, but um yeah so winfield's gray as well i noticed that yeah winfield's going like high and tight with the uh the gray hipster hair he's gone gray um i will say daliana marsh look their abs are on on point lots their, of sit-ups in their their uh green jumpsuit now did you guys notice anything about the animation quality compared to last season i thought it looked a little better it looks a lot yeah i thought it looked better like Did, the colors look richer it looks a little more contrasty there's some things that like look really awesome but then there's like you know like every now and then uh 
like there's a thing with Bronski's frame where he's flying and it kind of like skips a little bit, you know, like that, you know, they're like some things look awesome. Some things look like they could use a little work, but it's interesting to see that it's kind of like changed a little bit since season one. Yeah, it, 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 got it looks funny. a little more cartoony. Yeah, I think so. There's you mean awesome... that in a bad way. No, no, no. Like I, 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 I like that look. It like it looks like an act. It looks like an action show, and I think the like the explosions and stuff are a little more uh, refined, which are cool. Yeah, and they uh, they're also going for a lot more stylish shots. Like there's a shot where uh, where Maggie and Nara are going to Venus to pick up James, and it's a profile of them, and they're in like it's like a film noir. There's real hard shadow on one side of their face you know, a complete light on the other, and it looks so awesome. Um, it also goes with the shade that Maggie threw at Nara after Nara's like, oh, I can't wait to see James, and Maggie's like, oh, it must be nice to have someone out there waiting for you. Uh, yes, that was a good line. <laughs> Scout ship to Gamma to Arnhem. We've laid in our course for Venus. I didn't think I'd get a chance to see my brother again so soon. Yeah, it must be nice to have someone you care about out there waiting for you. She also makes a comment that, like, she about shopping i forget what the line is but it's like she i just, I just wrote down she makes some sort of a shopping joke which that was kind of like oh it was the uh when she blows up the two wife y wings she's like Haha, sale at the store today two for one y wings and basically immediately says right after that like we have to get the fuck out of here there are way more wings coming bargain day at two for one sale okay let's get back to the scout ship before we have more company i'll never find a husband and then she <laughs> like, weird choice after yeah. all this feminism but what are you gonna yeah, do exactly bringing it bringing it down a little bit um yeah guys like would you so what do you guys think about this episode did you guys like you like it you think it's a good sort of not hard reboot but kind of setting the stage episode or how'd you feel i liked it i mean it's yeah, it just, sort of, it just sort of reset the stage, kind of repositions everybody, lets us know where they're all at. Um, you know, we kind of learned it's been two years since the things, the war started, which is, you know, we're just getting some more, just refamiliarized with the context of it, which I'm sure actually watching it on TV would mean more than just watching it straight through. But I thought there was some good action. We got to see where, what everyone's up to. I like the animation style there's you know it just sort of it's very much seems like it's going to be one in a 37 part series so not a bunch of crazy stuff happens but you know we we learn about the new graph shield and algernon and the cloaking and um things like that yeah no i like it. it 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 has very much the feel of like act two of a of a three act story because like like they they pick up where they left off, but they also are like, "All right, we're done with this part. Now comes the part where we're like assembling the assembling the crew, uh, and like assembling everybody together." And I think that was a cool. It's like it's like it's like a they they catch everyone up, and then there's like a departure to like this is the new story. Like this is what we're following now. Yeah, I, I mean, I really liked that they, like you said, they they established that times past, but also one of the coolest things to me that they showed is that. You know, they can go fly basically a single frame or a scout ship and pick someone up from Earth, Mars, or Venus, but that it's still a very dangerous universe and that, you know, they're sort of confined to this base and they're, you know, they're on their heels. I like that they're, you know, trying to get help, that they're trying to get all the uh, resistance leaders together so they can get organized. And I really like that they're 
setting the stage. You know, it's like it's literally setting the stage for this next arc. So, I mean, yeah, I really dug it, you know? Um, yeah, I thought it was cool that they could get in, but they were still, you know, being shot at. I thought that was... A, they they couldn't just get in and out undetected, which I thought was nice. Yeah, because it, it also kind of shows that the Neo-Sapiens are stretched a little thinner than before. You know, now that they have a fleet well commanded by Typhonus that's hunting uh, Winfield and Marsh, um, you know, that there's not... It's not impenetrable anymore. You know, they don't have to hide inside an asteroid. They can actually freaking fly down there and, you know, like like goddamn human beings. Exo Squad will be back in a moment. Hey, everybody, it's Chris here. I just want to jump in and say thanks again for listening. Uh, you guys are an amazing audience, and we always love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, at ExosquadGoals, or reach us by email. We are ExosquadGoals at gmail.com. It's always great hearing from you guys. You guys give us some great ideas and topics to talk about. Also, come by the website. We have two new sections on it. One, there's an about section, so if you're wondering what we looked like as a group, see us there. Uh, there's also links to our Twitter handles, so, you know, another way to reach out. We've also added the ExoFleet Exchange. Now, what the ExoFleet Exchange is, is basically, if we mention something on the podcast, we'll post a link to buy it on that section of the webpage. And if you buy it through Amazon, through us, we get a little bit of a kickback. So it's just a fun way to recommend stuff we really like, but also help cover the cost of running the podcast and having a website and whatnot. Um, we're also looking into setting up a Patreon. Once we get more details on that, we'll pass them along. But the biggest thing you can do to help us is to rate, like, subscribe, share the podcast, anything like that. If you can write a written review, that is the biggest thing in the world. Had some uh, really cool ones. And yeah, with that, back to the show. Now back to Exo Squad. Well, who would you guys say was your MVP for this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it to Tyree, the uh, the Australian general, um, just because I, I do think I do think it's worth noting that he hits every like 90, 80s, 90s Australian stereotype <laughs> in like a five minute period. Uh, do something, Mike. They're gaining on us. And he uh, he passes out from fear of Bronsky's sick moves. <laughs> <laughs> I was just putting on a shrimp on the bobby when you came and rescued me. <laughs> and uh yeah so my vote is for tyree nice uh i'm giving it to to bronski um because he he does a lot he does a lot with that frame um honorable mention for deaths there's a, a neo sapien frame that gets crushed by the graph shield and yeah. it's it's like it's knees are bent and it reminded me a lot of the guy trying to rub the uh mine off of his shoulder it just sort of struck me as it particularly gruesome yeah it's that's not a fun way to go man and like when they show the interior of a uh, typhonis's ship as it's like escaping and it's literally all, all the neo-sapien like ensigns looking terrified and I, I mean i think that's a great way to sell the concept that they won't come near it you know that there's something that's so grotesque and awful that even th- just the threat of it is enough to keep them away yeah well shit man i would say i'm gonna say napier of all people he doesn't have much business in this one but there's a key change in him when he sees marsala you know he makes a joke and he's actually kind of like a bit chummy with marsala yeah, finally. i noticed that was the difference he was much more like receptive to it and i wouldn't have thought you'd send marsala yeah to the I, guy who hates neo sapiens but that seemed very different going my way marsala 
That was the purpose of this rendezvous, Mr. Napier. It was a joke. Oh. Well, guys, uh, with that boring stuff out of the way, is there anything you guys want to plug? Yes. <laughs> I want to continue to plug to Loopy Ladies on Etsy. Please get yourself a crocheted hat, crocheted scarf, crocheted little owl. Very cute. Um, buy my book on Amazon, Necropolis by Chris Valentino. And, yes, uh, which we need to totally tweet the uh, link yes, out to. I'll, I'll send I, it to you. And uh, if you just want to send us money, yeah, <laughs> give us money. We'll just take it. We'll take it. Uh, we say our name every podcast, so it shouldn't be that hard. Uh... Yeah, no. And we uh, once we get all that stuff figured out, we will pass it along. Because, you know, I mean, a little... A little bit goes a long way in kind of keeping this thing going. It does take, you know, a lot to keep. I mean, we have like 38 more of these. So just it helps us. It will help us improve like the audio quality. And so, yeah, things like that. But we're, we're, when we set all that stuff up, we'll tweet it out. And, you know, we'll uh, hopefully get a little a little something something. But <laughs> did, uh... I feel like I made like a like a joking plea for money that turned into a real plea, like a plea for money. Oh, uh, dude, I, <laughs> I was am... like, send me a check for 20 bucks. I am sitting at the <laughs> desk in my apartment where I've been working all day. So I am definitely in that business mindset right now. You know, dollar dollar bills, y'all. But right, don't don't brag. All right. No, no, I, I mean, I, don't want, I just want I just want more of them. I mean, I'm looking at a white wall right now. There's like no cool decoration, <laughs> but, uh, you know, did it, and yeah, God, definitely buy something from two loopy ladies. Forget us. Fuck us. Buy some hats. I know it's summer. Yeah, for real. It won't always be summer. Winter's coming. Yeah. You like Game of Thrones. That's a thing. Yeah. Wear your crocheted hat in the summer winter when Game of Thrones is on. There. Chris question yeah you know you know the two loopy ladies inventory pretty well right i do yep. if someone say liked the feel of it's crochet it's wool right um yes if someone say like the feel of wool as an undergarment could something <laughs> be crocheted i i have no doubt i know their skills with the crochet book i'm saying um, for a premium this could happen. If you want wool underwear, Chris, we can make it happen. Do you want Gonzo-themed underwear? Could happen. See, now, see, now I'm just thinking about wool, wool prophylactics. <laughs> How much do you like that sheep? Sheepskin? No. no. Wool. 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 <laughs> Prophylactic of the future. For maximum chafing. <laughs> the, uh... extra, extra chafing formula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I man. like it to really itch down there. So, did anything awesome happen to you guys this week? Well, we went to the Constitution Museum, which, <laughs> which was which was a great museum, a lot of fun. That's in Philadelphia. It is in Philadelphia. Ooh, so that was cool. Nice. How about you, Ryan? Oh. I uh, I watched that uh, Disney Atlantis movie that uh, Mike McDowell did the art for and Michael J. Fox is in, and uh, that movie's sweet. Oh, is that uh, Atlantis something or other? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael J. Fox is the voice, and it's like the 20s, so everyone's worried about the Kaiser, 
and uh, <laughs> like uh, oh, and the, all the art is uh, is Mike Mignola, the Hellboy guy. So it looks awesome. That's pretty sick. His uh, amazing screw on head animation that they did a couple of years back is still one of my favorite thing. That one's so good. The uh, stars, I think, still has those uh, those animated Hellboy stories with the original cast. And those are really dope, too. They're like really good, like short Hellboy stories. Hey, Chris. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. Hellboy. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> Hellboy 2. My my Hellboy 2. Why I, I want Hellboy 3 so bad. It'll never happen, but I want it. Um, I, oh, yeah. oh, man, it's so good. Dude, I just want to see more things get punched. Um, my awesome thing is I grew up with Mystery Science Theater, and it was a huge part of my childhood and adolescence and all that. And I would just like to say, go to get some Netflix. Check it out. They have a new season up. It's got some new people, but it's the same good, good humor. Uh, yeah, that's been rocking my boat, man. So is it good? I I really I, enjoy it. I, like, I watched the old ones, but is it is it good? I I think it is. Like, you know, there's a little more. Uh, obviously, some you know new voices and stuff like that, and there's a new uh, Gizmonics dude. But I mean, the, the the style of humor is still there, and yeah, it's just always it's just a, you you forget how much you missed it until you start watching it, and you're like, oh man, I, this was like every saturday or sunday you know like I oh, yeah this, yeah so it's uh that's been really fun and, and the i'm a big fan of elliot kalen who's the head writer on it who was a head writer of the daily show and is on the flop house which is one of my favorite podcasts and one of the reasons i kept listening to podcasts so indirectly responsible for this bullshit um now this is my, <laughs> my one of my favorite things but yeah guys i mean Good start for season two. I think it's going to go. Yeah, feel it. It'll be Excelsior, all about that shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would like to thank Eric Calderon for our intro and outro music. You can find his stuff at on YouTube at 331 E-Rock. Finally looked it up and said it at the same time. Uh, please find us on whatever platform you listen to us on and leave a rating, a review. Tell your friends. Spread the word. I mean... We love doing this. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. I mean, hopefully you didn't just listen to this as a one-off and you were like, whatever. No context. Season 2, episode 1. Why wouldn't you listen to the whole season? Uh, so, yeah, share the podcast. You know, reach out to us on Twitter at Goals. Email us at exosquadgoals at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you, man. We like interacting with you guys. You know, we have a pretty cool group of people that uh, constantly are reaching out. And, you know, funny, funny people. I like them. But yeah, you know, we love our community, and for Exo Squad Goals, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Harnady. And I'm Chris Farantino. Are there any heroes in this company? No, no sir. We're, we're finally going to meet the guy that says that now. He's in the credits now. Yeah, freaking A, Avery. I thought it was Butler Avery, but it's Avery Butler. Who knew? Both, both awesome names. The, na- the names in this season get way better. That's oh, yeah. definitely true. The names have always been pretty dope, though. Wolf, Bronski, Kaz, Takagi, JT, Harsh. J- JT Marsh is the coolest name. Like You could have JT, a lot of things wouldn't work, but JT Marsh is fucking badass, man. Marsala. JTT Marsh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. S. JT Marsh. Yeah. Oh, last thing I wanted to say real quick. On Twitter, we got a... I fr- I forget who sent the question, but we, I saw there was a thing about who would play who in the Exo Squad movies. Any thoughts? 
I definitely want to see um, Tom Wilkinson as Wolf Bronski. That's that's non-negotiable for me. <laughs> you see, um, I, I want Danny McBride as a Wolf Bronski. That's a who's, really good idea. Wait, who's your to- who's your Wolf Bron- Tom Wilkinson? Yeah, the, isn't he an older British actor? Or am I thinking of a different somebody else? Yeah, but he would be he would be doing like Falcone in uh, in Batman Begins. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, who else? Uh, oh, I feel like the the guy who plays Heatwave. Uh, this was actually one of the re- recommended ones on Twitter. But the guy who plays Heatwave and the brother on Prison Break should definitely be either Typhonas or Draconis. That guy's awesome. You see, I don't know. I'm, I had. Oh, oh yeah, go go. I had Sam Waterston as uh, Winfield for a long time. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Um, I like to see Idris Elba as Phaeton. Yes, Dude, that'd be so sick. <laughs> Soul, um, just him freaking holding, you know, captured Exo Trooper in his frame and just fucking tearing him a new one would be money. I, I feel I, like, I feel like Clive Owen could be a sick Sean Napier. Yeah, Ooh, interesting. God, I love Clive Owen. The He's so- uh, I want I want Tom Hardy as someone, but I don't know who. Um, maybe he'd be a good Bronski. He yeah. would be a good Bronski. Or would he be a Napier? He's, he'd be a really strong Napier. I he'd feel be like a really good Napier, yeah. 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 Just, I think Clive Owen would be a great, like, Delion or someone who's, like, seen shit, you know? Yeah. I uh, I really want Ian McShane as Captain Marcus. I think that <laughs> I think that's a slam dunk. Or, or Simbaka. Yo! Oh, dude, yes, Ian McShane as Simbaka? <laughs> that would be out of control. That would be out of control. Dude. Uh, Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> a digitally de-aged Simon Pegg as cast Takagi. Yes. I think, that's, I think that's the only way we could cast that role. We can't think of one vaguely Asian-American actor to play. <laughs> uh, John Cho? <laughs> yeah, John Cho. Michelle Rodriguez as Torres. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. You oh, know, man. I'd like to see. I'd actually like to see a black JT Marsh. Uh, my, I'm, I'm going with Chadwick Boseman. Yo, he's sick. He's really good. Chadwick Boseman is good. Um, the dude who plays Carver from The Wire would be pretty sweet. Um, is he old? No, the guy who plays Bunny Colvin from The Wire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How about How about Stringer Bell as Phaeton? Dude. And McNulty is JT Marsh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Bring it back around. Reviving the character, the seals they play in Finding Dory as JT Marsh and Phaeton. Sold. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, guys, I think that's a good place. Uh, I think we hit optimum uh, casting. So, Hollywood, give us a call. Yeah. You can find us at uh, 555-Phaeton-City. If Hollywood can send us an email, that would probably be best. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 we'll be waiting. We'll be hitting refresh. We're up late, too, so don't feel bad about, like, you know, emailing, like, you know, later on tonight. That's cool. exosquadgoals at gmail.com. Or gmail at gmail.com. <laughs> the G is for good. But, okay, yeah. guys, I think we uh, I think we got it.